Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host and I'm delighted this week to have an all-star lineup on the panel. Joining me and it's been far too long since I've had both of them together at the same time. First of all, the YouTube sensation that is CJ Novo. Good afternoon, CJ. Afternoon, lads. It's been far, far too long. Far too long. Far too long. I should point out that if we We win the semi-final, when we were doing these shows... We didn't lose all season, so if we win the semi-final, it was us. And I know someone who will back me up on that is the head honcho of Four Lads Had a Dream and All Round Good Egg, Stevie Clifford. Hi, guys. Um, yeah, it's definitely been a long time, but I think it's um, possibly more than just us that we might need help for Sunday for. But um, I'm all for any bit of luck we can get, guys. So looking forward to cracking on and, and talking about Rangers. Luck is an interesting concept, isn't it? And uh, in football, sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. Aberdeen got it with a first goal yesterday. But as Rangers fans, we tend to follow the dictum laid down by Vito Corleone, which is that bad luck doesn't happen to people who take bad luck personally. And we look at our own failings before we start to say, ah, well, it was fate. There was nothing you could do about it. CJ, I watched the game yesterday. Three of us ranted basically i was gonna say we chatted about it last night we didn't we ranted um but i watched the game back this morning in sort of camera you know knowing the result obviously it's simplistic right it is and it's not any great revelation but i just keep coming back to for all we can talk about player x player y we need to move him into here attitude all these intangibles form this rangers team doesn't score anywhere near the amount of goals it should for the chances it creates and it concedes far too many for the amount of chances it concedes. So when you've got that ratio completely screwed, it should be the other way about, then you're not going to win things. No, absolutely no, mate. And 
I had a wee joke yes in yesterday's video. I was like, we must be the only alternative universe where we won the four 0 up after thirty minutes. <laughs> well, that's honestly how it feels. See, when you go back and you look at the game, the clear cut opportunities oh. we had in that game is unbelievable, and somehow we didn't score, and then we gave Aberdeen their two chances, and they took theirs. Unbelievable. Yeah. And look, you can you know come away with all the modern football terms you want but in, in any level in any era of football that's the case if you don't or if you're not clinical and you give away chances and, and teams can score we'll go through everything that happened in the match stevie but like i say even though yesterday was was disappointing ironically enough we played far worse when we lost uh, when we won at Pataudry, 3-2 early on the season far far worse but Yesterday, I just got the feeling we could play till week on Tuesday and we only scored in a goal. Yeah, I think yesterday kind of perfectly sums up our season, David, in, in all honesty. You know, we don't take our chances. They get, you know, a break and take theirs. And we find ourselves in a difficult spot. When Michael Beals come in, we've managed largely. I think that's the first time we've failed to score under Michael Beals. So... Yeah, I think largely we've we've managed and we have done that. We have managed it somewhere to get a goal. And yesterday, you know, when you look at it over the piece, you've seen a lot of criticism of certain individuals in that, which I think is easy and kind of misplaced. But it all goes back to the same thing, David, which has become apparent. And we said at half time, you know, first half was fairly competent. We don't have a good front line. You know, we don't have anybody there that's able to put the ball in the net. And that's the, the biggest problem. So it's not suddenly kind of revolutionary what's happened. Michael Beale's spoken about it in recent weeks quite a lot. Around two boxes is where we need to win games. And yesterday it just caught up with us. I don't think I'm I'm unfair in, in terms of I expect, well, I do expect Rangers to win every game, but I'm realistic enough to know that that isn't going to happen. But CJ, the, a Rangers title winning team or any title winning team goes in yesterday 2-0 up. You can occasionally have one of those days in front of goal. Absolutely get it. Keeper is a world day. Your, your forwards have left their shooting boots at home. Absolutely, right? Mm -hmm. But every week I feel I'm talking to fans and we're all saying the same thing, which is, oh, we should have scored more goals. Even when we've won, yeah, but we should have scored, We should have been comfier because yeah. we're just so... I, I joked yesterday, I pod well, bitterly through the tears, joked yesterday on the podcast, our forwards couldn't finish a Fredo, and it's true, they're just so... Yes. They need a lot of chances, and you're never, ever sure. Like, when Sakala goes through one-on-one, -on -one, you're not thinking, oh, that's a goal, the way you are with certain players. And unfortunately, that's the case with all of our front line, a chance like that. Yeah, they might score it, but it's never a case of they're going to score it, and it's a surprise if they don't. Yeah, I mean, if you do do that, just like we said with Sakala, if you put that way, Morelos or any other front three, you're not thinking, uh, thinking to yourself, oh, well, that's in, definitely. Mm. I mean, the only ones you would probably say are two guys that are injured, maybe Kamara and maybe Cholak, but that's just the kind of way you go with them. I mean, maybe Kamara is our best finisher, but we can't get him on the park, so the ones we can get on the park can't finish. So it feels like it's just a cruel joke, David, you know what I mean? All our <laughs> best players will never play, and he ends up playing, can he score? It's like, well, what's happening here this season? But that game, that first 30 minutes, like I said, we should have been out of sight, but that's been us all season long. I mean, this is our first podcast in a while, but we speak, the three of us, pretty much every day. 
and we have pretty much the exact same conversation every day. I feel like just copying and pasting our messages to each other, mm. but it is so infuriating. But I, I kind of said in my video, uh, yes, I feel like our midfield's doing the job creating chances, but they're being lit down by either side of the park, both going forward with all their chances and stuff they're creating is being wasted. And then defensively, where we're just shooting ourselves in the foot and just conceding the worst goals you will ever see. But it's every game, David. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, I always say, oh, it's the worst goal we've conceded since our last game. Because that's yeah. the feels. That's the way we go about it. Uh, well, it's it's seven in the last three, and on that, Stevie, oh. an interesting start. This Rangers team with Connor Goldson in it has conceded nineteen and twenty three, which is still higher than I would like, by the way. Um, so I'm not saying that's brilliant, but nineteen and twenty three without Connor Goldson in the team, though, it's fifteen and ten. Now it goes from being okay, should be a lot better, but still to that is utterly dreadful. And what that says to me is that you've got a back four who, if he isn't there to hold their hand, basically, and tell them what to do, is far, far less effective than you need it to be. And that that's a concern for me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if we journey back to the successful season, David, when it was closed doors, and we've spoken about this before, and you were there weekly, I saw a couple, but it was um, very evident about how loud and how vocal Conor Goldson was. And, you know, you take that out of that back line immediately, then we've got some quiet defenders in there. Ben Barnabasic isn't a shouter. Ben Davis isn't a shouter. John Souter seems to be quite quiet. And Tav, Tav is, but he's not the aggressive kind of leader that Conor Goldson is. Um, so I think that immediately creates an issue. And then aside of that, you know, just in terms of vocally leadership, actual performance in his in his leadership as well, you know, organization, blocks, the the passing and, and stuff like that, David. I think it's just you know, it's it's very obvious. And I think Michael Beale said it when he first came in that we needed a centre back. I don't think there's anybody that could watch us over the last four months and say that the partner of Connor Goldson has been completely solid. Unfortunately what's happened to Ben Davis and John Souter to a lesser extent, I think that John Souter's kind of came on maybe the last couple of weeks, but there's still been a few errors there that I think Ben Davis has completely fallen off a cliff. You know, yesterday, again, he was given a really hard time by Majofsky. He does lose him for the, the second goal, kind of arguably he leaves it to Borna, Borna leaves it to him, which shouldn't be happening. A strong leader in there should be dealing with that, but I think it's quite clear and the evidence that you provided there as well just means it's another problem position, David. Unfortunately, the best centre-half we have, arguably, to play alongside Conor Goldson, Philip Hollander, is the exact same as CJ just described for our forward positions. So, in, in ways of being a cruel joke, as, as CJ describes it, it's the exact same for centre-back as it is for forward. So, Yeah, and Goldson's been super reliable in his availability up to this season but you you know you can't come and expect on that and I actually like Suter as a player and again there's been the injury worries of course but um, I think he's a good player and if it wasn't for the left-sided thing to be honest CG I'd I'd be 100% given I, I don't know how comfortable he is playing on the left but if he is then I'd be looking to start him with Goldson on Sunday well, that'd be the two you would actually want to go for, but it's always that a bit um, comfortable. How comfortable is he on the left hand side? You think at the start of the season, or oh, I thought he was really rough. Yeah, you could see him. He just wasn't comfortable at all. And 
I think people really underestimate just how much they're used to drilled into playing a certain way and having their body position balanced and yes. everything like that. As soon as you flip that on the other side, that's why he looked the way he did at Levy. And for me, he's had his two best games in a range of shot being where he's maybe brought in to be in case Goldson was moving on the right centre-back. So to ask him to play on the exact opposite side uh, will be a big, difficult aspect. Could you really no afford to take that risk with the way Davies just looks like his head's gone? Honestly, I think, yeah. especially for that Celtic mistake, there seems to be, you just see his head's not there. Yeah, and, and, and it is a tough league, um, and it's a strange Absolutely. league, and you're refereed differently, we know that. The physical stuff that isn't allowed in other leagues is allowed up here. It's one of the reasons I think Goldson has thrived up here, because he doesn't yeah. mind that at all. He'll he'll get involved in that. But, yeah, um, it was a concern. Again, you know, we, we go back that first half. Now, again, Stevie, watching the game back, now last night, um, saw a lot of criticism of Tillman in particular, and to be honest, I agreed with that. I was like, no, he was you know non-event, didn't didn't contribute. But I watched the game back. He set up two setters and two very good opportunities. Um, I don't think he's the problem. No, he's not, David. But the issue that everybody has with Malik Tillman is the issue that that I probably have, which is at times he looks like he's playing minimum of his required ability, which he's given you just about enough. He's playing on the, the, the kind of skirting of the game. These wee flicks, these wee back heels, these wee fancy things need to stop in a game where we need to dig in and win. I'm not sure that's been properly explained to him. But in terms of him doing his job, David, yesterday, he did it absolutely fine. He's expected to put a through ball, an inch perfect outside of the foot through ball for Fashion Sakala which all fashion needs to do is put a touch on it, which he did, and he, he's away. So we can't criticise Malik there. He sets up Borna Barisic. Sets he sets up, up Rabi Matondo later yeah. on in the game. Yep. So these are all clear-cut opportunities, which he's entitled to think, and we're entitled to think, if you're paying £5 million for a playmaker, the person that he's, he's making them from is going to finish. But unfortunately, it goes back again to repeat what we've already said. So no... I understand the frustration around Malik Tillman, but he isn't, for me, the the biggest problem. The biggest problem is what goes on in front. And it's like the criticism, David, of the midfield of, of Todd Cantwell, of Nico Raskin and stuff. I know that Nico Raskin didn't have his best game. I know that Todd Cantwell probably didn't have his best game, but they did absolutely the job they were required to do. I think I looked at or the stats that come up in Sky about the passing in the first 10 minutes. I think they had something like 29 passes and we had 122 correctly done we were completely controlling that game you can only control it so far if you look in front of you and there's absolutely nobody there there's nobody making runs there's nobody doing anything you know the frustration though back on Malik Tillman is, is kind of different though it's not maybe that he isn't doing it it's it's we all think he can do it a lot more and the frustration as well that see when we get a corner why does he go to take that short every single game absolutely right. he's yes. desperate he's to hit like, a corner isn't he's he not like 10 foot just go yeah. stand on the penalty spot and he can't so head the bloody thing he scored probably our best in the air <laughs> I, I, I'm the same like every every time we get a corner watch this folks um, he runs out to kind of volunteer to hit it before one of the fullbacks arrives and says you know, belt. He's not <laughs> going to take one. He hasn't taken one all season. So He's desperate these, too. These are the ones, David. <laughs> like, yeah, choking it. See these wee moments. This is why people complain about him. You need to pull him aside and just say, stop doing that, get in the middle mm. and start being... It's not being effective or being influential. That's not... Because he is. 
he can't help it when others do don't do what they're supposed to do. But what I would like to see from him in a game like yesterday is a bit more presence. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. A bit, yeah. a bit more, a bit more demanding, a bit more kind of forcefulness in his play. Is That's that age? Only... Oh yeah, I mean, I think it is. But well, yeah. I'd like to see him really go and put a stamp on a game, really go and physically put himself on that game. And he can do it, but you get the impression that it's just, you know, on his terms. And I think that's the issue when people watch him. And by the way, Yanis Hadji got the same complaints. So it's it's that style of play that we need to realise. But again, going back to CJ's point, see if he sets up Kamar Roof like Yanis Hadji was in the title winning season. And Yanis Hadji got, what, 15, 16, 17 assists and stuff like that. Then Malik Tillman's getting the same numbers. So there's there's two sides to the argument. I see why people are complaining, but the other side is he can legitimately say, well, I produced three, four excellent opportunities. It's not my fault you if know. they can't finish. Can I just add as well, lads, see for the game yesterday, do you know he actually led the team in tackles? Yeah. Like, so that almost, it, you almost look at him, I think maybe it's his body language and again the flicks and the tricks, but he's actually leading us both winning the ball back Tackles, he led the team with five successful tackles yesterday and he's created chances, but other people know doing their job is having a lot of people swinging for a 20-year-old and that's just for me frustrating to watch. Yeah, like I say, I really don't think he's a problem. And I, and I think Stevie makes a really good point there um, about the midfield yesterday and, and the last few weeks on that one, CJ. It's it's not it's not the midfield. The midfield's doing no. fine. Um, yeah. it, it dominated possession, which you would expect it to do. It created, which you need it to do. Um, yep. it, 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 defensively, it wasn't the midfield. I think you can pick out the whole team for, say, St Mirren's first goal last week. But, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't them on, on the... So everybody gets it when we don't suffer a win. But for me, the manager said we need to be better in both boxes, as, as Stevie touched upon. But that is the big deficiency for me. For me, the midfield is doing the job. And also again adds to my frustration with the defence in that because the midfield is doing its job um, they don't face a lot of opportunities, they don't face a lot of defending to do and they're just not doing a high enough percentage of the stuff that they do get to do They're supposed to do, absolutely and I think when you look at the way your midfield and that has been gone, it's no surprise to me that we are doing so good. I know that we've got some fresh faces and fresh ideas. And because you look at the midfield, you've got the Cantwells, the Raskins, the Tillmans this season, and everything like that. And that's been fresh people that's maybe no bogged down for the grind of the SPFL that's maybe became stale. And that's one of my issues. Well, a lot of the players on the team, I just think they've been here too long, if I'm honest with you, lads. And for me, when you look at where we've been best, even John Suter, when he's come in, he's started to look a bit promising. Again, another fresh face in there. No Bogdan or anything like that. And I definitely think there's something in that. When you look at where we've been the best, it's been fresh ideas, fresh mindsets in the squad. See, just on that, and this is not an attempt to try and make somebody out that they're not and we don't know if he's good enough, etc. yet. See, on that point, CJ, that's so relevant when it comes to Rabbi Matondo. So I think yep. everybody would have watched him yesterday and thought, right, if you went 2-0 down and you were getting that kind of substitute performance, you'd be all right with it. Because I did, thought he'd yeah. come on and he did okay. He looked kind of bright. He looked fresher. He's missed a, like, by a ball here. He's missed that, that chance. It wasn't a terrible attempt. He should no, score. I know what you mean. It's so close. How it moves out is, is unbelievably unlucky. 
kind of sums it up a wee bit. But it's that freshness thing, David, that, that CJ talks about. And it's probably why a lot of us have said, you know, and I think we can legitimately say now that this split, after next week, this split, he needs to really try things and have a look at players that we're going to learn nothing from the last five games about Ryan Kent. Or Bonner. We're going to, we're going to learn nothing, you know, the last Ryan five Kent. games yep. about Alan McGregor, etc. So make the changes and let's do what CJ is talking about. Is that freshness? And he's completely right. John Suter, Nico Raskin, Todd Cantwell, and that. It's, it's the legs and the energy as well and that freshness. We need that. I can understand as well Michael Beale saying, you know, it's not a rebuild, it's a revamp. Well, he's talking about getting four or five players in the summer. He's already added two first-teamers. So that's that takes us up to six, seven players. That's a rebuild. Yeah, plus so, points, maybe, you know, a piece yeah, yeah, we can put a few players around it. So we're, we're still in the same same position. But I think the freshness and the, and the kind of legs and the energy idea that CJ's talking about is that. And, you know, yesterday, yesterday was their cup final and everything else. It was somewhat predictable the way we performed. But... That's where, David, when we talked about pre-match um, last week against St Mirren, that's where I was a wee bit a wee bit miffed in terms of... I understood it, and I get what everybody said about keeping the continuality till the semi-final, and I get it. But I think all of us are looking for that wee kind of freshness, that wee kind of injection. And when we are, I think it goes back to what we all said and what we said yesterday, the real crux of it is the support are kind of fed up with this squad. Everybody just wants the summer and wants movement now. That's why we're overthinking things like Michael Beale's comments last week about who's staying, who's going, etc. I think everybody now really is at the point where let's get this squad done and get some freshness in as quickly as possible. Sorry. I was just going to say there, see um, when you look at the, a lot of conversation with the players, maybe like the Camaras, the Alfredos, even the Kents, people are starting to say, and I kind of made a video on this the other day where are they overrated or have they been underrated? I think a lot of these players have been good players that have just become stale, if I'm honest with you. That's just how I feel about it. So I feel like there's a lot of revisional history and people starting to pick holes. I think they've been good players. They've just stayed far, far too long. And just echoing what Stevie's just said there perfectly is we do need that freshness. Yeah, see on that, the comments that Stevie referenced there were Bale after the game against St Mirren said, well, if you look at the players who who were there today, um, Baron, McGregor and Morelos are going to be here next season. I think that's where there is a a divide, if you like. That's where I think the manager and the squad part ways, the manager and the, the fans part ways a wee bit. And I'm just interested what what you think on this, lads. That when he comes out and says something like that, we've just been St. Mirren 5-2, right? Um, and, I'll, you know, he's he's... He's thinking, right, it was a good, you know, there's some good performances out there. There was some bad things defensively, but there's some good performances. And he says that thinking it's a positive. He says that thinking the fans will go, right, good, that's, you know, a solid base to build on and he can get his new players in. Whereas instead, the fans don't think that because of that point that Stevie made, because with a lot of these guys, we're just kind of done with them. And I'm not saying, by the way, that that's right. I'm not saying that you can't make a logical argument before anybody you know, sits and says, well, what about player X who's done this this season and player Y who's done this this season? All of that is valid, but I'm just talking about the way that the support feels about a lot of those players. Because I agree with Stevie, you know, I hear from a lot of Rangers fans and it's the same thing. It's, you know, I'm just, I'm done with X, Y, and Z. And whether or not that's correct or right or fair, it is true, it is what they feel. And I wonder if Bill maybe needs just to realise that, that 
you, if you keep some of these players and they do do the things that we know they will do next season, the fans will go, they'll be mental. They'll, they'll go absolutely livid because it's just been one too many. You know, for a lot of these guys, they've just one too many times we've seen things we don't want to see. And regardless now of what they do in the future, the fans have made their mind up on a lot of these players. And that is a reason you need to keep moving players through. And it isn't just us, by the way. Liverpool fans, and you think of the success they've had the last few years far more than us, they're saying the same thing about their squad. There is a natural, I think, end time for players at clubs. And for a lot of our squad, they've reached it. No, I agreed, mate, 100%. And it's something that's been quite evident to everyone. We've all been having this conversation with ourselves. It's just, just, they've had too many races run. Do you know what I mean? You can see it now. And, we're talking about it as fans. Can you imagine maybe even from their perspective and everything, they're probably feeling that way too because there's been a lot of players that's maybe thought they were going to be moving on at a certain point. There's been a bid came in, it's been rejected, blah, blah, blah. They've been waiting and then they'll no go to it. And I just think they've just been bogged in. It's a very tough um, sledding, if you will, the SPFL special range. You've got to win every game and everything like that. And everyone says they love doing that, but after five, six years, did they really still love it the way they did? Because they certainly aren't playing it like that way to me. So I think they might need a fresh idea just for themselves, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think people need new challenges from time to time, yeah. Stevie. And we speak a lot about managers and shelf lives. And I think it's kind of you know, but commonly held that about four years in the modern game is generally when, when managers need to start thinking because, you know, people, it's just natural for us because once you get comfortable somewhere, then you get comfortable. And at Rangers, there are a few players who look, and again, might be unfair, but look to us as supporters, as laymen, like they are too comfortable and that they're comfortable in the position that they're in. And what you need is that, I don't think it's coincidence that Cantwell's brought energy, Raskin's brought energy, as you said, because here are guys with something to prove. They need to win over the fans and they need to go in. And I think that that is something that you've needed. And of course, because we'll always look across the city, unfortunately, when they're doing better than us. They had that. They completely refreshed their side after we won the league. And... Yes, you know, they've done remarkably well in transfers, um, probably freakishly so, and I doubt the hit rate will keep up. But you still need to to do that, to give yourself an opportunity of just that sense of freshness because the fans are fed up with the staleness at the club. And that, I think, is what's leading to a lot of this deep frustration that's always just bubbling below the surface. Yeah, I mean, spot on. I think, what is it, the old saying, David, familiarity breeds contempt? Mm. I don't think there's a contempt there from the players, but what happens is, see when Ryan Kent doesn't get moved on, see when Alfredo Morelos doesn't get moved on, same with Glenn Kamara and whoever else you want to borne a Barisic, the players kind of regress a wee bit into themselves, I think, in terms of, well, we are nice and comfortable here. And there's a lot of them that I look at, and they are comfortable. They're getting the big money, they're getting, they're getting the odulation and everything else, and we've maybe then been guilty of a fan base as well of maybe making them out to be something that they're not. I know that, you know, we get excited. I get really excited by some performances and then get really down. There's no really middle ground. I've tried to stay there with Malik Tillman as much as I could because I was very quick to judge on John Lundstrom. I was very quick to judge on on, on Ben Davis, very quick to judge on these guys. And I get it. Like, it's it's difficult. But for me, David... The whole kind of familiarity thing, it is where we are. There's just that freshness we have lacked. I get it. You can't sell players if we don't get bids, right? So what I'm saying is very simplistic. 
but two or three of them moving on per summer would have helped the freshness. It hasn't, it's stopped, it's become quite stale. And I think that's where, you know, see, this is something that I think kind of sums up exactly where we are. Scott Arfield is an all-round good player to have in our squad. He's somebody that will get between 10 and 12 goals. He's somebody that will always make an impression, will always pitch in. He's somebody, David, you know, in the great sides that we look at and the nine-row sides and everything else, he's somebody that would have been useful in all these sides, but we don't want him. And it's not because it's him or because of what he delivers, it's because everyone's fed up with this squad. That's exactly where we are. Michael Beale needs to put the sentiment to the side, the, the kind of romantic nature of this squad, of, of, of things that he thought they might be able to do three years ago and realise what, what he's facing right now. When it comes to the contract renewals in the summer, that there is no room for sentiment. When it comes to contract rules, uh, renewals for next season, Lundstrom, Barisic, etc. He needs to sort that now. So there's a huge job to do for Michael Beale and, and the squad. And, and it all kind of comes around. You know, we can I can faff on and talk about all sorts of stuff, but it all comes back to that same kind of familiarity and the same concept that we've spoken about, that when you don't get it, this is the kind of malaise that you come into. And I think that's... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just where our squad is. When he talks about it being a revamp and not a rebuild, this is where our terminology and our kind of language com- becomes differently. Because a rebuild for us, you know, or where most of them is, is we want 20 out and 20 in. The reality of it is, if he adds, like we spoke about earlier, this four or five which he wants to the two that he's already brought in, that is a rebuild of that team. But the squad needs another three, four faces as well, David. So there's going to have to be some, you know, and, and let's look at it and let's be honest. It's not a lot of money there. It's not like there's a pot of gold. So what do we expect him to have? Maybe £10 million? And he's got to somehow hit the nail with 80%, get you know get them all in and, and running as quickly as possible, i.e. from the start. So this isn't an easy summer. And there needs to be some realism of, you know, say we did pick up X, Y, and Z for free, but you're spending maybe a million and a half or two on somebody else they'll play just as much a bigger part. So it's a huge summer for everybody. I think there needs a, a mindset readjustment. I think Michael Beale needs to be more careful of what he's saying. I agree with that. Um, but us as a fan base, I think there needs to be a little bit of a, a recheck into what this summer is really going to bring. I, I think it'll be more. I think it needs to be more than that. And I think that with perhaps Bennett being there rather than in Park, who was fiscally conservative, I think it's fair to say, there might be an understanding that we have to front load it a bit because it does require. We can call it revamp, rebuild, whatever you want to call it. It does require that. Um, and again, you, you touch on something there that I think is is absolutely spot on, which is 
we've got this thing in Scotland and we've done it a lot. We see guys say stuff like, I would take him as a squad player or I'd keep him as a squad player. This phrase, squad player. <laughs> right, okay. And then when the person has to play, they go, oh, f- f- he's playing. Oh, no. That's not a squad player then. Literally, and yeah. An example of that, the manager spoke yesterday about we've got guys coming back next week. Hopefully Scott Wright makes it. And a lot of the reaction I saw was kind of, you know, quite sarcastic to that. People going, oh, great. And that's an issue because realistically, he's not going to do. He, he hasn't. So, you know, we've got Scott Wright available, you know, magic. You need to have players who can contribute, be it off the bench, be it as cover. Yes, there's always, at any club, there's going to be a drop. Well, maybe Man City, but most clubs, there's going to be a drop <laughs> from your first player your first choice to your second it's how big that gap is and if you've got a bench full of guys that you're looking at and clearly the manager did yesterday have a bench full of guys that he didn't trust to come on and affect the match he puts on he takes off Raskin says there was an injury issue there and they wanted to to just make sure they didn't risk him ahead the next week fair enough right Mm -hmm. but Arfield sitting there comes on in the eighth minute. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. He should have been I chucked on with 20, 25 minutes to go and given a chance because he is, as Stevie mentioned, good for a goal. But he's looking down that bench and he, he doesn't see anybody when we're 2 0 down at Pataudry with 20 minutes left that he wants to put on. That's not healthy. That is not healthy. And that's not squad players. Squad players still need to contribute. And we need to get away from the idea that we have players in the squad because they look good on paper, but the reality is they contribute absolutely nothing. That's the painful reality when you looked at that. You've you seen Bill a couple of times and you could see him looking at the bench and trying to think and he just looked like he never believed in them at all. And that feels like the fans are coming that way. Because you had the likes of Kamara on the bench, you had Hadji on the bench. Obviously, Matondo came on, Arfield eventually come on. Even Young Lovelace, who's been banging goals left, right and centre and everything like that. That's, that's where our bench is. And I think, as you said, they're talking about squad players. It's always important. You're going to have a couple of players that are just almost there. You know what I mean? That can come in and do the odd job here. But you can't have 11, 12, 13 squad players. You know what no. I mean? Because that's when you start having some real issues, and that's where I feel like we are. We've had too many, I heal day for another year. I will keep that for another year. I will know what that's all about. We've got too many of them all spinning at once, and that's why we're in the mess that we're in. That When we need a goal, there's very, very little there. Besides the likes of Arfield, you look at the bench, and you look at our bench pretty much all season, apart from maybe when the likes of Kamar Roof was there, for instance, but that's only a couple of times a season. You just kind of look at our bench and say, aye, if there's 15, 20 minutes to go, we can make five substitutions. Now, that should be a massive advantage for us. Yes. It's really no. When you look at our team, it really isn't. And that's a, a damning statement on where we are as a club that we can't, we've got the opportunity to make five changes. Nearly 50% of the outfield players, yet we can't do it because we've not got enough good players in there that will actually drastically impact the game. That's worrying for me. Just going to say there, CG, that's an absolutely spot on point. And I think, a lot of people will be listening to it and probably agreeing that when you look at this squad, David, it's so filled with, and I don't want to be disrespectful, but it's filled no. with a certain level of player. Bench warmers. We don't yeah. have... It's all right. The manager's treating them like that, Stevie. So it's all right for us yeah. to... to say it, yeah. It's a very average baseline. And the and the little spikes of brilliant, when you see Raskin, Cantwell, Tillman, who I do put in that, there's not enough around it that elevates it to the same level. Like, look, Faction Sakala's a smashing guy. I think he's a, a cracking player um, for a certain level. Faction Sakala, for us, should be a squad player. 
he should be third, fourth choice, making an impact and, and doing well in games. But the reality is, and the brutal reality is, for us, he's not good enough. Yeah. And and you can't polish that. And that's something that we spoke about, and I've said a lot, that maybe you can get, maybe you can polish him and make him, well, we're two seasons in, and we're still seeing him going clean through yesterday and having no composure just to lift his head, yeah, you can't take composure. go around, whatever. That's somebody we need to look at and decide, right, he's possibly an asset you're going to get three, four million pounds for. Can we get somebody in for that same amount? Like Yanis Hadji, unfortunately. Can we get somebody in that is, is better? Or can we get people in around him, like the 55-year, to make him better? Is he capable? So these are big questions. And I think that's where it goes back to my worry is, and perhaps this is misplaced on emotion or yesterday and whatever else and things that he said, my emotion is that perhaps Michael Buell won't be able to separate himself from that title winning season to where it actually is now. And I think that's maybe other people's issue, and I can't speak for other people, but I think that's other people's worry, possibly around it as well. We would like to would like to see a ruthlessness about the summer business, David. And I think that would kind of recharge and revitalise everybody. Yeah, I I think that there's evidence for me he's making that journey, Stevie. And I'll tell you what it is. It's Glenn Kamara. Um, because when Bill arrived, he spoke, you know, publicly and privately. Um, you know, he spoke, to, he spoke to us as well about Glenn Kamara Basically, that he's lost a bit of confidence, but what a great player. He's going to be important. He's going to be really important for us. You know, I know what he can do. I trust him, all the rest of it. And he's so far out in the cog now, he's in Siberia. Right? He's he's just, clearly, he's just got no interest at all in using him. Yeah. And I'm glad in a way, because he's clearly reached the, because Kamara, he doesn't want to be here anymore. He needs a move for himself, you know, just go, to go back to something we touched on 10 minutes ago. He he needs a move. He needs a bit of freshness. Um, and you're right. I hope that he looks around the rest of the team and says, right, these are good lads. You know, I know that. They're good pros, but... And that's where the but has to come in. And you're right, he has to be harsh. Because at the end of the day, if he sticks with the majority of these guys, CJ, they'll keep doing what they do, which is they'll beat the majority of teams in the SPFL. Yep. They, and then... Every so often, and in a really big match, they won't cut it because that's what they do. That's literally what they've proven to do. You know what I mean? It's been people can talk about blips and bad runs of form, everyone goes for it, but that's that's not what this is, what we're seeing. Now, this has been about a year and a bit because you think even towards the end of last season with some of our league form under obviously previous man, manager Gio. But something you said there about Kamara there actually makes me think he also the goalkeeping situation because when Bill also came in. David, remember, he says he's very happy with the goalkeeping situation. He might even move Robbie McCrory out on loan come January. And then after a couple of weeks, after a couple of performances, it was like, well, I'll probably give Robbie McCrory an opportunity to actually play. And I was like, yeah, they'll. I think he's starting to see that maybe, where, like what Stevie mentioned there, that the 55 goggles of that season has were off. These players have changed. They're not the same impact players. They're not as hungry as they were, or maybe they're just not as young as they were a couple of years ago. So I think that's, for me, Bill has suggested that he's going to start making these changes but for me lads and I don't know how you feel with the rest of the league games I'd like to just see these changes now you know what I mean 
I know we kind of touched on it earlier, but we're not going to learn anything new to these players by playing them in the last couple of games. Given the boys that's going to be here next year, maybe there's no hard a lot of game times. The Red Vans, for instance, let's see what he's got. Let's give him a run of games. Like, you know what I mean? We spent money on him. He's new fit. Let's give him a run of games and actually see what he got. Because we know what Barisic offers. Yes, he's got a one-day left foot when it works and everything like that. But we know where he's struggles, back post crosses, it's always been that way. I'd love, love, love just to see a run of players who's maybe been on the outside looking in at the players that's been failing, in my opinion, this season. See the red band situation, David. Yeah, that, that's a concern for me because you know, the club, club have yep. said repeatedly, publicly and privately, again, they've said, no, he's not going anywhere. No, nope, five yep. years, we bought him for etc. etc. But he's not getting a sniff. Why have you not seen him? Yeah. That's yeah. worrying. To me. I, it is, yeah. I think the issue is as well is that I think everybody, right, see when you put the anger aside and everybody else, see if you're keeping three or four of them from that first team and Borna Barisic is one and you think oh. you're going to extend him in that. I don't think that's a massive issue. I think the issue comes when he gets comfortable and there's nobody pushing him. Ideally for me, I want Redvan pushing him as much as possible. But if Beal doesn't trust Redvan and he hasn't seen enough of him, because it's been five months now, six months, and I know there's been injury issues there. But if he hasn't seen enough and he and he doesn't really believe, his stock's still high enough that you could ship him back to Turkey for the three, four million that we paid. A lot of that six million tag, I believe, David, is made up on appearances and everything else. So we won't have hit that anywhere near it. So you're looking to recover the base fee, three, four million, like the Ben Davis deal was four million with add-ons and everything else. We should be looking at these guys and making the really tough decisions of Ben Davis's stock still high enough down south. Red Van Yoma's stock still high enough back home in Turkey for him. Can we really, or do I really count on these guys? Have I seen enough? Am I really convinced that they're going to push the others? Because if they're not, we need to recycle them quickly. And that adds to the issue of we only need four or five in the summer. You might need four or five, ideally, but there's other big decisions. That four or five surely can't include if Morelos and Kent leave, for example. So the Red Van thing, I agree with CJ. We we need to somehow see, and I know he's been unfit, so perhaps it's a bit unfair, but in these last games, aside of what happens next Sunday, we need to see and you need to really try and figure out, same with Abby Matondo, a lot of us have made judgment. We need to figure out if there's anything there at all that after a good preseason we can work with. Yeah, um, that that as I say is one of my concerns because if you have squad players the manager doesn't want to play, then they shouldn't be in the squad, and that is unfortunately a thing that we've had. It's one of the reasons that I know the three of us have been quite critical of of the now departed Ross Wilson, and that was one of it. Rangers had far too much money every week sitting in the stand for one reason or another, be it injuries, be it that the manager doesn't seem to want to pick them. Um, and it was across three transfer windows with two different managers. So because of that, we're in the the position that we're in. Now, obviously, thoughts turn to the game at the weekend. Uh, we won't go too much into it today because we yeah, have the, the preview show later in the week. And uh, this, is, this is more about the weekend. But it's fair to say, CJ, this is... Uh, last chance, death or glory moment for this squad? 
Yeah, this is when they need really... I mean, I've said it in the last couple of games, especially the most recent one, obviously, at Parkhead. They had to stand up and be counted. We obviously know the way that game actually unfolded. But I'll be looking at the players and I'll be looking at the start and 11 because this is all we've got left to play for. There can't be no excuses. There can't be anything that's holding this team back. They need to start the game off strongly. Um, we've not done that well enough, in my opinion, at hand in the last couple of games that we've actually played there, in my personal opinion. So... We have to just go there and leash it. Let's see what the players have actually got. And I think he's starting 11 will tell us a lot. And the way that starting 11 actually performs in this game to show they've got a wee bit of fight in them, David. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The psychological edge, it feels like it is all tipping off Celtic's way. And a lot of the players look beat, in my personal opinion. So I would like to see them actually stand up there, rubbish that, and just go for them and see where they go for there. Because there is good players in that team. We've got some fresh new Raskins fit, Cantwell's there. Etc. We just need to see them perform in what is the biggest game that's left of your season by miles. Yeah, and, and Stevie, he, CJ spot on there with something. We've been at Hamden twice in 2023, and both times Rangers have only played for the second half. Yep. Yeah, um, and something else he said is spot on. Wouldn't it just be, and this is, again, I'm as guilty as, as probably saying what Michael Beale can't be, that whole romantic side, but wouldn't it just be lovely if Ryan Kent decided to show up yeah, just one last time. Yeah, you know, look like the Undertaker putting on the hat no, one more time. Uh, yeah, but it's only make that make this one song go out and an abs because I, right. I agree with you, Stevie. Him and Morelos are going. Then yep. go out in an absolute high. Yep. Look, you know, see, look at through the spine of that team. Get yourselves together and say one more time. Let's dig as deep as we can. Give it absolutely everything. And if we come up short, we come up short. We know they're not good enough, so it's not teaching us anything that we don't already know. But see, instead of playing on the edges of everything like we have done at Hamden the times that we've been there and being tentative and being nervous, you don't need to be tentative or nervous because Small. we've already written you all off anyway. Go and do it. Go and perform. Go and give it absolutely everything. Leave it all there and see where it takes you because you know what, lads? This is... Again, this is the truth of, of where it is. They beat us by a goal every time. 2-2 two, two Ibrooks. Um, and then there was the 2-1 the, the Cup final in the 3-2 game. Now, we've not played anywhere near where we want to be. And we're not performing in these games. Even the Ibrooks game, you know, first half, it took us ages to get into it. So we're not anywhere near where we want to be. It's not like they're ragdolling us. So there should be a realisation in that squad. And I don't want anyone coming out and saying, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And I understand no. there's press. Oh, I, I, yeah, yeah, just keep the yeah. zipper shut. All yeah. I want them to do is take a wee bit of realisation from that and to say, well, look, we haven't put our best foot forward yet. They've beat us by an odd goal here and there, and it was a draw the other one. Let's go and give this absolutely everything. And by the way, see if you peek over the wall at the other side. They're not in the best vein of form either. A lot of them are starting to pick up wee knocks and are injured and stuff either. So it's not like we're hitting them in maximum capacity, but please stop handing it to them. Yes. Go and give it absolutely everything. See where it takes you. A final swan song, CJ. What you said there is perfectly. You know, can we just get that from Ryan Kent? Shake his hand, wish him all the best, move him on you know, best for everyone, possibly, whatever, a different argument, perhaps, but perhaps that's been romantic, like I'm saying, Michael Beale shouldn't be, but going to just get tore into them and see where it takes us. 
Yeah, fans are allowed to be romantic. It's just when it comes to the actual um, decision making, that's when you need the the guys that are paid to make those big decisions to be ruthless. Right then, folks, that will do us this week here on Heartland. I would like to send a massive, massive thank you to uh, the two lads for giving up their time and joining me today. Firstly, to Stevie. Yeah, thank you. Listen, much appreciated. Something that CJ and I were discussing, David, actually, is that it's nice. We don't come on here with an agenda. We don't come on with, you know let's talk about this lads let's make certain points it's all organic this is how we discuss you know rangers in our chats and probably how many people do discuss it when they get together as well it's just pals just talking about the club and you can all see we're desperate just to have that moment yes very much so i think i, I think we bloody well deserve it Aye, that'd you be know? nice Aye, yeah. I do. I, I, I do. I honestly do. I think we deserve it. But you're absolutely right. Um, there's no point Heart and Hand shows ever having an agenda if I'm on it because I forget and uh, get to the end and go, oh, fuck. Um, so it's, just, it's easier just to do it this way. And CJ, thank you so much, my man. Much appreciated. No, it's always a pleasure, lads. Thanks for having me on. Right, folks, uh, plenty of content in Heart and Hand and Patreon. Always go and check out the lads' sites as well. CJ is on YouTube. It's the CJ Novo 992 channel, and you'll get him on Twitter there as well. Stevie, at 4LadsHadADream on Twitter, and, of course, the wonderful 4LadsHadADream website. My thanks to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. I will be back here next Monday, hopefully, toasting a famous victory. Until then, enjoy your week. I'll speak to you again soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.